0: morning and welcome. Special episode, Stories of the Saints. I have a good guest today. Listen to this voice. I'm so excited to have my friend Andrea Allenies here.
1: Thank
2: you for having me.
0: I absolutely love her music. I also love her testimony of the Lord, and I've always felt like she's got this, just this understanding of the love of Jesus that he has for her. I've asked her about that before. So, Andrea, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) We're friends. We go to church together. Um, Her parents live a couple blocks away. She is here today. We have a first husband-wife duo. Joseph is here as well. We're going to bring him in to join us here in a little while, but I wanted to start with Andrea and just talk to her. Um, Andrea, so you know stories of the saints. We are just getting the stories of the saints today and how they are relating to Jesus, their testimony of Jesus, and that's why I asked you here is to hear about your testimony, um, but we got to loosen things up a little bit because it's weird to walk right in and just start recording, so Tell me about you guys went on a trip not too long ago, and I don't think we've ever talked about it. But you went to a place I wanted to go, so Waco, Texas, is that yeah. right? Tell me about that. What you, Magnolia Farms? Did you? Yeah. guys You went to tell me what? Tell me about the uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines and the whole deal. What was it like down there? Is it pretty cool?
2: It's beautiful. Um, the store itself was a lot smaller than I had expected it to be. Okay. But I loved the little garden area near the shop and it was adorable.
0: Um they have do like is the whole place built up around there or is it just their little store and I know they bought the silos and made them into like is it an antique store or or did they No,
2: I mean they may have some antiques in there, but it's mostly like things that they've made and are selling and T shirts and mm-hmm. housewares.
0: Waco's not that big of a town, is it?
2: Yeah, it's kind of just in the middle of this little town uh-huh. It's an interesting place. you wouldn't expect it to be where it's at.
0: they brought a lot of a lot of interesting um notoriety to that place i I saw Josh Garrels, one of my favorite musicians, was playing a big concert there not too long ago, and they showed a picture of the crowd and like is there it looks like there's like a big yard or something is it front of, in front of their little bakery they have a bakery right?
2: Yeah, uh, we didn't get to go in the bakery because it's so packed down there. The line really? was insanely long, but it's it's very cute. It's all very cute, and they have this um, big open area where they've got, like, turf. Okay. And, yeah, they've got little cushions people can sit on and just right. enjoy themselves and the scenery and everything. But it was pretty busy when we went.
0: A lot of visitors coming just— so. As far as what you actually see, is just a little antique store and a bakery? Or is there a It's not really an antique store,
2: but yeah, a little shop, a bakery. They have a little uh, garden store.
0: Okay. And people are going just probably to see what they see on TV. Yeah. All right.
2: And probably not doing it all justice, but.
0: Okay. So when, when you guys came back on your way back, you guys were talking about this. You probably didn't think this was going to come. Up. This this truck stop down there, like called what's it called, Bucky's or Bucky's? T- tell me yes. about Bucky's, man. What is this thing? can kid, you, Joseph was all excited about it.
2: They are over the moon about Bucky's. Okay,
0: when Joseph comes in, we'll ask him about Bucky's. Yeah. So
2: Joseph has a cousin Becky down in Texas, and we visited her, and she told us that you have to stop at Bucky's when you're in Texas. So we're like, okay.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, it's a gas station, and it has just. An incredible amount of gas pumps, and no semi-trucks are allowed oh, wow. to get gas there. Okay. Um, and inside, it's like a store. They have all kinds of uh, little knickknacks and things you can buy, but they also have lots of food, and their bathrooms are huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're very nice, and they're all their own little private stall, and so every time we saw a Bucky's, we had to stop.
0: So they're all over.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, little points between mm-hmm. the big cities. That
0: gotcha. Well, you've inspired me that when we go to Waco, I've got to find this Bucky's place and check it out. Sounds you like must. A- <laughs> so, we took a trip a couple of years ago, you and Joseph and myself and Kristen to um, Nashville, Tennessee, to see Behold the Lamb of God.
2: That was a great trip.
0: You are into music. You yes, da- I am. You dabble <laughs> a little bit in music. You, uh, <laughs> so you have. Um, it's been a few years now, but you have a CD out um, available. Where's it? I, I looked today. I know it's available on Apple Music, other places probably internet.
2: Yep, you can find it on iTunes, Amazon.
0: Tell me about what's the name.
2: Sunshine and Shadows.
0: Tell me the. Um, tell me where you got that title from. What would that mean to you?
2: Well, one of the songs on the CD is called Shadows, and mm-hmm. the song's about. Things that have happened in the past that were unpleasant things or maybe bad memories or mistakes and then trying to focus on the present and not looking back at those negative things and being dragged down by them. And so the CD itself, it tells a, a lot about my life, my family, different things. But um, so it talks about the difficult times and the times that I've Felt maybe unworthy, and then also trying to live in the present and know that God loves me, and focus on the light and the goodness, and moving forward. And so that's kind of where sunshine and shadows came in.
0: You come from a um, family that raised you Christian, because I know your family. Um, tell me what. Tell us what you want your listeners to know about your family and their place in your life growing up as much or as little as you want to share okay
2: well family is incredibly important to me um, my mom and dad uh, were raised in the church and so they raised me in the church and my brothers three brothers um, I would say that a huge spiritual influence on my life would be my grandparents my mother's parents Dell and Mary Sue Kennan um, their faith has been a huge example to me in my life
0: they um they are musical too, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, you have a great uh, heritage. I know. Does your Does Mary Sue sing?
2: She does sing. Uh, she, yeah, she, she doesn't she, sing solos, but she does she, she sings with to others sing, though. Yeah, uh, alto. And,
0: I've seen her. You've, I'm so lucky to hear you. Your family sing at the church we go to that we share together. Um, how many brothers? Tell me about your siblings, so they know. <laughs> You got how many?
2: I have three brothers. Danny is the oldest, Mm -hmm. and then Sam Mm -hmm. and Joel. They all work together in construction, concrete.
0: Now, your your CD, your songs that you came out, there's a lot of songs on there about family and about your children. And I won't tell you, you don't have to say their names, or you can if you want. But um, how inspired, like, what inspires you? To write, what was the, okay, this is what I do. I string out like four questions and it's really terrible. You think I'd be getting better by now, but I don't. So I'm trying to get better. Let's start with one question. Okay. Very first song you ever wrote, what was it? Do you remember?
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I know when I was little, like some little kids do, I would just make up little tunes and they're probably horrible, but <laughs> I remember singing some song about my grandma I don't even remember the words. Right. Um, I think my first song that I wrote that maybe was on the CD or album that I put out was um, Love You More for Joseph, the one I wrote for Joseph. Oh, yeah.
0: That is a good one, too. Thank you. Um, So I remember uh, you haven't been playing guitar all that long, have you? How long? How many years?
2: Oh goodness! Well, because
0: I remember when you first started playing at church, but I guess I've been at that church for quite a while, <laughs> yeah. It feels like I. Years, but
2: feels like I haven't been playing that long, but some years have passed. So I guess it.
0: Right, I, don't know. I guess it, what feels weird to me is from seeing you play like that first couple times to like where you are at now. I don't know. It, it feels like you've gone, like your music is just uh, blossomed. I guess I don't know what the word is, but. Um, One thing, I don't want to embarrass you, yeah, I don't want to embarrass you, but even if I didn't know you, your album, I go back to it frequently to listen to. It's just one of those that stays with you. I think the the melodies are so strong. You know, you don't get tired of hearing them, and the harmonies are fantastic. And the style of writing that you have is... um, is one where I can just put it in, and it's kind of dry it just draws your mind to the Lord and to happy things that that he blesses us with in this world. It's not like like this really super deep theology that you have to sit there and, and really pay attention to it's just but it's it's the way that it brings God in in a roundabout way I guess I don't know if that makes sense, but um thank you but your your melodies are strong and Ah, so if anybody, we'll we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, go check her out on Apple, on iTunes. Uh, give her a listen. You really to treat yourself. It's it's good music. You're gonna share some with us today, maybe, because I, I know you have your guitar sitting here. You, li- I would like you to do that. You okay. To do that. We won't get there yet. We got we got to warm you up first. You uh, you're not much of a talker anyway, are you? Are you a talker at home?
2: Um. It depends on the day. No, I would say I'm not much of a talker. Although when I was a kid, my mom said I just would talk her ear off. So,
0: <laughs> well, I've got just a list of. I just wrote some talking points down, so you're gonna have to find a way to talk a little bit. Okay. But uh, so, um, do you have a? I'm right into the songwriting because I love songwriting. So, a uh, bit a little selfish maybe, but we'll talk about your test, just your testimony of Jesus. Do you? What's your earliest? What's your earliest memory of, I'll just say the word church or God or anything like that?
2: Well, I I do have a testimony, and I would say it's kind of my mom's testimony and my testimony because at this point I don't really remember it, but okay, she told me about it. So when I was three, um, and I could be getting details wrong because I tend to remember things inaccurately, but <laughs> from what I remember— um, I was laying down in in the bed with my mom just like in the afternoon. I think it wasn't even in the evening. And I was asking her what Jesus looks like. And I wanted her to describe him for me. Mm -hmm. And so she was, I think, attempting to describe him. And it was not satisfying my needs. (laughs) I was starting to get really (laughs) upset. (laughs) (laughs) And so so, um, I wanted to see him. I said that I missed him. I wanted to see him. And I started crying, and I was very upset. And she said it was like instantly I just fell asleep. And then I woke up, and I was incredibly joyful. And I said that I saw Jesus, and he was sitting in the clouds, and then he showed himself to me. Oh, my goodness. And so that was the first experience, I would say, real experience with God or Jesus,
0: Mm. I um. One thing that I've always appreciated about you is you. F- you strike me as someone who you just um. Who feel I don't know. It seems like you just know you're loved by him. Is that accurate?
2: I would say that is accurate because I had a an experience as an adult where he showed me that love, and so. Can you share that? Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. This has been, I don't know, over 10 years ago now. I was in my early 20s, and um, I was going through a darker time in my life, I would say, a time where I wasn't as, well, I was wanting to be close to God, but previously I had drifted away from him, and I started to feel really unworthy of his love. And so I was at a woman-to-woman conference, and I was singing with, my group, Elliot, at the time, and there were inspirational women there that were speaking, and uh, it was a very enjoyable day, but the whole time I just couldn't get past this feeling like I don't deserve to be here. All these people are so good. Um, How can I bring ministry when I'm I am and the sins that I've had in my life and how can I let go of those things and how can God see past that and and love me because I just felt unlovable at the time. And there was, uh, I think maybe it was Pat Chadwick that was speaking that day and she shared a testimony of a girl and how God had heard her prayer and and blessed her and it was a very um a very real answer, like she asked for something specific and he gave her that specific thing. And so I thought, Wow, how incredible to know that God hears you. Like this is a prayer that she prayed. She didn't speak this desire aloud to some aloud to other people, and God gave her exactly what she asked for. So this girl had to know how much God loved her. And I just was thinking how awesome that would be to have that kind of experience with God and just to know that He He hears the things that are on my heart and knows how I'm feeling. So uh, at the end of the day, at the end of that conference, um, again, I was just feeling very unworthy. And like, what's the point of all of this? Because I don't deserve for God to love me. And so this girl came up to me and I do not know who this girl is. I couldn't even tell you what her face looks like now. I've never seen her before and I haven't seen her since. She was probably around my age. So she comes up to me and she said, I've had this feeling on my heart all day and I've been wanting to tell you, but I just mm. was unsure of myself, but it just keeps coming back to me and she just felt like she had to tell me because it was pressing on her, and she just said, "You are worthy." That's all she said, but that's all I needed to hear That's wow. exactly what I was feeling in my heart that I wasn't sure of. I wanted to know if God would forgive me if he'd love me and accept me mm-hmm. in my you know in the sins that were in my past, and in that moment, I knew that. God saw me. He knew it was on my heart. He forgave me, mm-hmm. and I was worthy to be loved by him. And so it was something simple, but it was very profound to me at the time.
0: That uh, forgiveness is something, isn't it? She felt clean.
2: It was, yeah. yeah, it was huge. I felt like it was a life-changing moment for me because I felt like I can move forward and I can mm-hmm. be who God wants me to be. I I can provide ministry. I can let go of the things that are weighing me down
0: and that stayed with you yeah. definitely yeah that's beautiful thank you that's did you um when you when you write your music how do you feel um how do you feel is there uh, does that bring you closer to the Lord do you feel like uh I don't know, some increased intimacy with Him when you're singing, when you're writing?
2: I think so. You know, sometimes I feel like I I write things that are on my heart, but sometimes I write things that maybe um, I don't feel like I try to tell things in a positive light when maybe I'm not even feeling positive, but it's like this uh-huh. inner voice okay. of trying to encourage myself, but I feel like... God is helping me through that when I'm writing music.
0: Do you have a process that you, do you have a certain process of songwriting? Do you, uh, or does it happen differently each time? Or
2: I feel like it, it is different each time. Sometimes I'll like hear a little melody or something, and then mm-hmm. that'll inspire me to write lyrics with it. Sometimes there will be a few words, and that inspires a whole song. and I'll have to create a melody for it.
0: Mm. how many how many songs have you written so you had like I don't know like 15 on your first CD or 15? yeah
2: I would say a lot more than that because I have a binder full of them mm-hmm. and ones that aren't on there
0: are you still writing you still having music and?
2: I haven't at least in the last year I haven't I don't think okay. it's been a while yeah <laughs> I've been very busy when I get busy it's hard to be creative
0: ah that's so I was going to ask you, so juggling, so you teach, right? Mm-hmm. Tell our listeners where, where you teach at, what you do.
2: I teach at CPRS, Center Place Restoration School, and I teach the elementary music classes, and then I also teach middle school choir.
0: Okay. And you, you were just involved in the musical?
2: Yes, I directed you the directed musical, musical, Beauty and the Beast Jr.
0: Yeah, how did that go?
2: I thought it ended up going very well. I was a little nervous leading up to it, but <laughs> it all came together. We had microphone issues, otherwise I would say it was a success
0: okay so besides just teaching you have a you, you have stuff that takes up your time that that job takes up your time outside of just the class period like you' you've yeah. your concerts musical um, aren't you do you you participate in um, a combined Theater, what, what's the group that puts on plays? CPCT. CPCT. What's that stand for? Center, Center Place Christian Theater, okay. and I'm on
2: the board for that.
0: Okay. What is that? Tell us Tell us what that is.
2: Joy Kane created that because, um, well, her daughters are very into musical theater, and when they graduated high school, it just seemed like there weren't a lot of um, opportunities for them to be in a Christian environment and be a part of these production productions. You can do community theater and they have some great productions out there, but sometimes they don't have messages that you want to mm-hmm. put out there or be a part of. Um, and so it's a way to be in a, an environment that has shows that are maybe a little more conservative,
0: mm-hmm. family friendly. Yeah. Right. And, um, and it's for all ages. Or for more for younger people?
2: Yeah, I don't know what the age cutoff. I think it's for, like, young adults. Okay. Um, And then children and high school students, they can also be a part of it, and it depends on the year and what what musical they're doing, I think. Okay. And a few years they're going to have, like, an anniversary show where they open it up to all ages. I think they're talking about doing Fiddler on the Roof.
0: Wow. Okay. (laughs) So that keeps you busy. That's, that's just a community, but mostly church friends or people you know um, from different branches. Yeah, mostly. I, I think
2: or? anyone can come and audition. They okay. don't have to be part of the church, but.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good. What do you like about that? What do you like about. Um, so you acting, music, the arts, let's just say the arts in general. Do you paint? Mm-hmm. Do You do any painting?
2: <laughs> no, I don't. Drawing? No. <laughs> I can sketch a little bit, but
0: okay. It's, it's weird how art like crosses boundaries. Like I can barely draw a stick figure. So oh, really? <laughs> I've always been jealous of my friend Adam, like because I always felt like drawing. You? Know, He's you awesome. Can, yeah, and you could just sit anywhere and just like. Well, that's what I would say. He probably needs a special pencil or something. I don't know. I just thought felt like it was. If I could draw, I would just be on a park bench every day, just looking at things. Yeah. And that's probably how we are. When we think about other people's gifts, maybe. I, I think so. I don't know. And then when you have the gift, you probably don't feel like you're up to par. Or yeah,
2: I, I feel like even when I make progress or mm-hmm. I think other people do the same thing, it it's not ever quite good enough. I always want to get better. I feel like there's always opportunity for growth.
0: Do you have any <laughs> dreams music-wise to pursue or to ke- just continue what you're doing, using it as a ministry?
2: Uh, yeah. I don't really have any dreams as far as my music goes. I I prefer to use it just as ministry.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's,
2: I shouldn't say just as. I, I no. feel like it's important to use it as ministry.
0: Do you plan on recording more?
2: I don't know. I, I say if my schedule becomes <laughs> a little more <laughs> clear, yeah. maybe so eventually. Good.
0: It's such a blessing that people can listen to, and you never have any idea how many people are listening you know to your songs and stuff but just to how do you even quantify that like if someone's driving down the road and they've got one of your songs in and it inspires them to have a an intimate moment with the Lord and changes who they are or their focus or where they're headed in life i mean how do you isn't that an amazing tool? <laughs>
2: if that is the case that, yeah i think it that's a, great well, and it's it's all because of god you know yeah. if if that happens it's because of his blessing through the the music yeah
0: so i was going to ask you with juggling and you said how busy you are um and when you get busy it's hard to be inspired do you um do you still feel there's a a need for alone time, one-on-one time with God. Do you um, do you make that? Is that something you have in your life or have experienced?
2: Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, for me, it's after my kids go to school in the morning. I sit down and I eat breakfast, and then that's when I have time to read my scriptures. Mm-hmm. And certainly, if I have alone time, like if everyone's at a sports practice and I'm at home, then I might sit down and play my guitar and have some quiet time. Get in tune with God.
0: Yeah, I know your family's not not big on TV, right? I mean, you've yeah. done some of those things that, and so that's probably a blessing. I mean, you have more time to do other things. Yeah,
2: I definitely don't feel like I'm wasting time watching television because I have too many other things to do. For one thing, but yeah. I find things to do without having to watch TV. Not that we don't watch shows; we like old musicals and things.
0: Um. Why don't well, hey, why don't you share a song? I would be crazy not to have you share some music with us. I would go ahead and what did you bring? I see some music on the table over there. What, yeah. What is, what, what's this one?
2: Uh, well, it's called Hope Wells. I'm never good with titles. Okay. Um, so it's it's about having hope, um, even when I'm worried or afraid and. Trials are coming at me just to continue pressing on and having hope in Jesus.
0: So this is newer than from when you released your last album. Yeah. Okay. So this is, okay. You want to share it? Sure. Let's do it.
1: In my soul, in my cells, God granted peace, I could be. Bones, I'm at
0: Yes, yes, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. When did you write that?
2: Oh, probably two years ago.
0: Okay. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Don't break it. Is that you? You're not going to get out of it. I want to. I want to hear one more before you go. That was pretty. Um, what else you want to share about Jesus? Tell me what the, okay, I ask this to everybody. I'll ask you before Joseph comes in because we'll see what he says. What does the word gospel mean to you?
2: It's simple, but it seems like it's a profound question too.
0: Yes, it is.
2: I mean, the simple version to me is just that it's, the gospel is Jesus and, and what he taught us and the way he lived and the things that he said and what he wants for our lives and how we should reflect him in our lives.
0: What's your hope for the future?
2: Mm. Well, what, I Go ahead. Go, you
1: go
0: ahead. Well, I guess that's so broad. I mean, with the, where the church is at and things like that, what is, where do you find hope today?
2: Well, I, I long for Zion. Mm-hmm. I think most of us do. My hope is that even if it's not in my lifetime, that I've lived in such a way that I'll be a part of the kingdom of God, whether it's here on earth or in heaven.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: You, when did you meet Joseph? How old were you?
2: I was 17.
0: Okay. You guys have been married how long? So you get that, married.
2: I think you get married. 17 years.
0: Wow. Okay. So you get married pretty young. Well, should we bring him in? Yeah. Don't
2: don't tell him it took that long to answer how long we I won't tell
0: him. No, (laughs) no, he won't. He won't know that until he listens to the podcast. (laughs) We'll edit out the second. So (laughs) I'll have you reply before I even get the words out of my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's bring in Joseph and I want to hear his story because he's got a unique testimony. So let's grab him. So, Joseph, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm going to ask you, how long have you and Andrea been married?
3: (laughs) Andrea's smiling. It'll be 17
0: years this year. Okay, good deal. That didn't take too too long to answer.
2: (laughs) We've been married 17
0: years. (laughs) You've been married 17 years. Okay. Yeah, this year. When's your anniversary? May June <laughs> Okay. Joseph, tell me so I've been I've been talking to Andrea a little bit. Tell me where did you meet Andrew? Where were you at? Where was the first time you saw her? Uh it was at uh AMC twenty here in Independence. Okay. You were you just there or was it a
3: purposeful meeting? Someone set you up? Was it a date? Uh no, it was I was invited to uh uh join an activity that her brother and her and some friends. Okay. Were doing. So, so I, group activity.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the first time you saw her. Yeah. Did, so you knew her family or her brothers before you knew her?
3: Uh, just her one brother, Sam. Okay. Yeah. Would you,
0: so first impressions, I haven't done a husband wife. This is great. Oh,
3: well, uh, I'm my <laughs> first impressions were, uh, very good. Yeah. I was very taking taken, uh, with her. And, uh, was very interested in, uh, getting to know her and getting to know more about her. Andrea, what about you? First impressions? Do you remember?
2: Yeah. Well, obviously my first impression was his appearance and I liked what I saw.
1: Oh
0: yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is great. So, um, how long before you guys started dating after that first meeting? Do you know?
3: Uh, maybe a couple of weeks. Okay.
0: So it took off pretty quick. Yeah. Oh. Right. Um so Joseph your background and and one of the reasons I was one of the things I was looking forward to cuz it never gets old, you and I have spent some time visiting you know in the homes and stuff so I've heard your testimony shared but I love it every time. So for our listeners today you were not raised uh in with the restoration background you were raised what what church were you raised in? Uh a
3: version of Southern Baptist.
0: Okay. So um when you met Andrea where uh, where were you at with the God, the Lord, religion that kind of
3: thing? What, what was it at in your life? Uh, at that time I was a part of a kind of a new type of church uh, which is very prevalent nowadays. It was what was called a non-denominational mm-hmm. church okay. uh, and that was kind of in the infancy of that and now uh, everywhere we look there is uh, mega non-denominational churches uh, it seems like in every community, but that's where we were attending and I kind of felt transitioning from the Baptist Church to that type of church like there was um, a little less connection there and and, the, and there's a lot of avenues to connect mm-hmm. a lot of activities mm-hmm. but I just felt that it was kind of just come. When it's convenient for you um you don't have nothing's required of you if you don't want to, and there wasn't a whole lot of accountability really mm-hmm. on a deep level and so it was easy to not be really connected and uh so I found myself in a spot at that time in my life where I just wasn't real connected to uh God or to a uh, faith system in my life. I was more uh sowing wild oats, kind of doing what i wanted to do and then church would just fit in uh it would get in where it could fit in basically
0: did you start going to church with andrea when you guys started dating or how was that was it a part of your relationship
3: i visited okay uh with her quite a bit just so i could see her and be with her at the beginning
0: what um so when you get so you when you guys were got married weren't you weren't a member as well or still not a member of the church? no
3: attending were you attending more often or so a lot of times in uh dating relationships, we kind of overlook the inconvenient or the the things that maybe don't match so well because we're so infatuated and taken <laughs> with the things that do match so well, and we had quite a bit in common mm-hmm. uh, and I was very uh attracted to her and. Um, her family and so i didn't spend a lot of time focusing on the differences between her faith and mine i didn't really know what the rlds was i think i'd maybe heard it a Mm -hmm. couple times and so i didn't know much about the restored church uh as well as the rlds where uh, her church had came from had come from and so uh it wasn't a big issue to me until we started having kids and that's when i realized that we were going to have to make a decision what kind of faith they were going to be raised in and um i remember we went to some churches that were neither mine nor hers to see if we could find something in a common ground and uh it was pretty evident that she could not be happy <laughs> um outside of the restored gospel. And I didn't quite know why that was, but it was pretty clear. So I don't even know if we talked about
0: how many, how many children do you have? We might've, I don't know if we went over that. Did we say, okay. So now you've got your beautiful young ones. You guys are moving on through life. Tell me what's the progression, what's going on? uh, Because I know the outcome, but how did that work itself out? You guys, church. Um, You told me things got a little rough for a while as far as the difference. It finally became to be kind of an issue, right? Yeah,
3: I think it was uh, Noah, our second. He was maybe a year and a half. And I think uh, some of those differences, uh, I think it all started from our faith and our religion beliefs. Um, It just kind of grew. And we became more isolated and less connected, and there uh, came a rough patch where we just weren't really communicating on any meaningful level, and uh, and uh, kind of grown apart for all intents and purposes. And and it and during that rough patch, we really had gotten to a point where it didn't we didn't know if we were going to stay together. You know how mm-hmm. how well or long the marriage was going to last, and so. Uh, it, it got to a point where i was so broken about that and the way things had gone and, and kind of just realizing my responsibility in it and um but it didn't change the fact that i had no path back to uh back to the way things should be and and to fixing the marriage so um i think it was uh, on my way to work I believe, I believe it was a morning that it was just been building up and we had tried to talk through things, but neither one of us kind of really knew how we got in there or how to fix it or if we wanted to, to, uh, to try certain things. And so I was breaking down one day on the way to work, uh, because I felt like I didn't have anybody to turn to. I didn't know where to turn or what to do because at that point in my life, if I couldn't, solve it on my own then i would just ignore the issue and uh, i think that was probably the first time and maybe since we'd been married at least that i was crying out to god and just telling him that i couldn't do it anymore and i didn't know how to i didn't know how things had gotten the way they were and i didn't know how to correct it and uh uh, just just a release of crying out to god you know um no matter where we are in life, it is, uh, it's such a huge burden that's lifted and he is immediately there to connect with us in that spot, no matter uh, where we find ourselves and what the relationship has been previous to that point. And it, it was one of those things where laying all my cards onto the table before him like that. Um, it just kind of wet an appetite inside of me that I didn't realize, you know, was there or that I needed. And, um, I think it was within a couple days, you know, I started reading and listening to uh uh teachers and preachers on the radio and listening to Christian music and reading my Bible and Andrea through the first seven years of our marriage had always asked me to try to read the Book of Mormon.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh uh I was always real negative towards that real closed off because I had been warned sure. by my family and friends, not to do it. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, but over those few days, I just felt an overwhelming desire to read it and to see what it was about. And uh, without hesitation, I took one of the books she'd given me and I started it. and in, uh, in the beginning, at the beginning, and uh, really before I even made it through uh, First Nephi. I mean, I would find myself every day with tears streaming down my face just knowing that it was true. That testimony was so powerful. And uh, uh, it wasn't long from there, maybe a couple weeks where I was asking to have cottage meetings and um, and was uh, asking to be baptized.
0: Right. That's pretty. (laughs) And then. And then uh, years later, ordained in the priesthood. I know, you're a minister now.
3: Yeah, it was it was uh, a handful of months later after okay. I was baptized. Okay, yeah.
0: so then when I when I first met you, you were just freshly baptized then, because you were yeah. ordained shortly after. I think yeah, I, I think it
3: I think it was um, about five months after. Okay, and so I was real hesitant to uh, yeah accept that calling just out of f- pure fear. I think more than anything, but.
0: Um, it looks like the Lord had His finger on you. I mean, yeah, he responded. So, um, Andrea, what's from your viewpoint through all of that? What did you see? Did you see change? You see? I
1: saw a huge
2: change. Um, well, previous to that, I would say Joseph was not very social at church. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he wouldn't talk to people, but he didn't really. Connect. I don't think a lot with people. Um, After his conversion or uh, when he started to really become close to the Lord and he became on fire for the Lord, I just started to notice at church that he would um, go up and talk to people that even I hadn't really taken the time to talk to um, much. He would just be friendly with everybody, he was a social butterfly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he blossomed. Yeah. A little flower. <laughs> it wasn't just that, the yeah.
2: way, it just the way he was more patient. And it, it was a real heart change.
0: So you were seeing a change that um, you knew wasn't a change for you, but it was something deeper. Like yeah. you knew it was, this is at the core yeah. change. Something's changing him.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that's what I needed to see. I wanted to know it wasn't just him putting that on for me. I wanted him to have his own experience.
0: So for couples out there, if you guys were to say something to them, um, it sounds like, I mean, what I've heard, once, once you were on the same page and the Lord was a major part of your life, then the other things kind of fixed themselves. I mean, you were brought back together, closer together.
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, that had to have been a remarkable, awesome experience because so many marriages don't end that way, you know?
2: That's true. And I hope that people realize that there is hope even when you go through very difficult things in your marriage because mm-hmm. we certainly went through some very difficult things and uh, either one of us could have easily walked away from it, um, but... At least, you know, if one of you are willing to work on it, maybe you can hit the other person to right. work as well. And you can overcome those things. And when you do, I feel like for us, our marriage is stronger because of it. And now I wish we wouldn't, we wouldn't have had to go through those difficult things, but I'm glad that we have the closeness that we do have. I'm glad that we are where we are at now. And I feel like after that happened... Um God changed my heart as well because I felt like I was more in love with Joseph than I had ever been with mm-hmm. in love with him and um yeah that love definitely grew and I I know I've told people before when we were going through those hard times like that love was kind of buried underneath a lot of hurts and things that we'd been through together and God just removed all those barriers and he just grew our relationship so much closer
0: well it sounds like he, you said you you basically came to a, a point you were driving your van on the way to work or whatever and you said you just laid your cards on the table and pre- pretty much broke down and like, I don't know what the word submit you just submitted to God and said I can't do this right I'm tired of this I'm sick of this and that's where a lot of people get to, or they, they can take that other route and just harden their heart and just be prideful and say, that's it, I'm done, I'm not messing with this. But you you laid it all out, and it sounded like from what you just shared, once you did that, didn't take any time at all for the Lord to say, okay, now I can move in and do what I need to do. But it was your motivation first.
3: Absolutely, you- yeah. I think all the walls had to be broken down, and that's uh- – It's sometimes hard to do, especially for men, I think. Um, Mm. uh, You know, being able to fully admit that I didn't have any answers, uh, that's a tough thing to do, especially as a dad and a father and a provider. Um, Mm. But I I absolutely think it was necessary. And uh, I think there was probably plenty of other opportunities leading up to that for me to get to that point. But I would double down, like you said, and just – uh try to uh, mask whatever was going on sure. and try to find my own and then suffer human more right? yeah suffer yeah.
0: more because of it yeah. yeah absolutely well what was the kickback from your family was there a kickback when you decided to join yeah. the church or what?
3: yeah um you know my mom always had a fear when we got married or even started dating that I would start believing the book of mormon and i remember uh meeting her at a quick trip to um uh, Pick up or drop off something. It was just a quick meeting, and uh, she mentioned that she had heard through my sister or from somebody else that I had been baptized or was believing or going to uh, Andrea's church, and that uh, I was a part of that now. And I told her, "Yeah," I said, "I've been baptized." I, I said, "I read the Book of Mormon." It, you know, I believe that it's true. It is a word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, and. I remember her breaking down in tears like oh. her son had died or or something. Uh, it's sad that people feel that way, but yeah, yeah,
0: understand. Yeah. how's your, has that affected your relationship or are you close with them still? Yeah, no,
3: she's yeah. my mother and, uh, you know, she needs some time, but we are still close, very close. And then, um. I mean,
0: she's got to love those grandkids. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that helps.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but I think through that, there's been some opportunities for me to let her know that I'm ready to share with her. And I would love to tell her more about that. And, uh, you know, I hope that there becomes a time that she, uh, her interest is peaked and that we would have that opportunity to share together. I remember when Jack Haginson was here
0: and shared, you know, it was so hard on him, on his parents when he became a member of the church from being a Lutheran minister or wanting to be. Uh But uh, at the end, when they see the character, you know, and what kind of a person you are, I think that's the biggest testimony, you know, is who you are and how it shapes you. And so you realize, well, this this must be good because look at the type of father, the type of husband, type of minister, character, you know.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So you're involved in the school as well. You do some coaching, right? Yes. Local church school. What do you coach?
3: I coach uh, varsity uh, boys basketball, and then I assist on uh, varsity boys soccer.
0: Okay. All right. What's, what's the, What do you guys like to do? You get a Friday night to yourselves. What do you like to you, No kids. Babysitters are covered. What do you go out and do? What kind of things do you guys share in?
3: Uh, as far as her and I, uh, I guess our favorite uh, – date night would probably just be dinner mainly and Mm -hmm. then uh uh, just spend time visiting and sharing together it it happens so rarely uh, these days
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're like i can't remember what we used to do what about you
3: andrea
2: (laughs) yeah same i just enjoy going to dinner with him and having time to just visit one-on-one with him and we have been so busy it's been hard to fit that in recently but um You know, I would take just a night at home alone. It doesn't matter what we're doing as long as we're together.
0: Do you have to be purposeful in finding time to spend together?
2: I think so. Yeah. It wouldn't (laughs) happen if we weren't.
0: Yeah. I know it's – I don't know, but I know when we were lining up, even nice to go out, It would. it's hard to get your schedules together. I've got one son, so, like, I can't even really – like I feel bad if I would even begin to complain because you've got three young ones in school, all with different activities. Yeah, but well, so Joseph, once you you know once you came into the church, tell me just in general, or tell me some things that's precious to you about the gospel that you found as contained in the Book of Mormon, <coughs> um, compared to when you were to your background. Like, why is it precious to you?
3: Um well uh my uh my love for uh, the gospel and the uh, uh, restored gospel to be more specific is uh I mean it starts with the church and starts with Jesus and what he did to restore the church and the way that he uh is continuing to strive with us and but I think it continues past that or along with that into the fact that this church is built on community and and that we're all together working together and striving together it just seems like when I grew up in the Baptist church and then the non-denominational that you were kind of your own entity I mean we went to church together but um, being able to uh, to be a part of something bigger it's 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 we're all one body, and the the subject of unity in the restoration and being one, I think is a huge part of helping everybody to feel like we have a responsibility and not only to ourselves but to one another and to Christ and to God to um, be a part of this and it's changed my life so much just to know um some of the plain and simple truths of the restoration um it's funny because in the in the protestant belief there's so many questions and so many um things that that are not clear to understand that are not simple and that they struggle with but more than anything they just kind of gloss over those mm. and and they don't really talk about it and I think um, there's countless people that would struggle um, in a prayer meeting or um, – well, I say a prayer meeting, but in in some of their Wednesday night services and, and some of the youth camps and different uh, services, they would always have an altar call at the end of it, it seems like, pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And so many people would struggle with if they were really saved and – uh Okay. And that's the big thing in the Protestant is saying that you, you've been saved by saying the sinner's prayer. and um, mm. Either either people would do it when they were young, and then when they would become older, they would wonder if they really knew what was going on and have a lot of doubt. Um, either that or the, just they didn't feel like their life had really changed any or their desires had changed any. And
0: That's interesting because it seems like maybe it doesn't require so much, and so the change isn't much
3: right you know right. i i agree
0: so they may so then they doubt like was that an emotional thing or was that a because it because as we would say that's not really what saves you that moment in time right so knowing that yeah wow that would i never thought of them doubting i always thought of the protestants as like oh i wish i could just know that i was <laughs> saved and like ignorance is bliss kind of thing but mm-hmm. you're telling that that's not not necessarily for, at least from your perspective true
3: no yeah there's uh mm-hmm. there's a big struggle with that okay. and um mm. and so yeah I think some of the uh some of the things in the you know new and Old Testament or in the King James version of the Bible that are really cleared up in the um Book of Mormon are just made plain and mm-hmm. and straightforward are so comforting and um, it just uh puts to bed a lot of that doubt, you know, the way that, uh, Jesus laid out the commandments for us to be saved and for us to Mm. live our lives. And, uh, we know that when we go through the waters of baptism, that we are a part of his kingdom and that, uh, we know what our responsibilities are. And
0: wow, pretty plain laid out pretty plain there, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a, I asked, I asked Andrea earlier. I like to ask everybody because I don't think there's one right answer. Actually, I think there's probably, you know, a hundred right answers. But what does the gospel mean to you? If I say the word gospel, what is the gospel?
3: To me, the gospel uh, is Jesus Christ. And um, to me, it it is hope and it is uh, love and security. Um, I feel security. like... Oh, go ahead. No, security. That's interesting. I like that. I feel like, you know, both as we read through the Gospels um, and we look around in the world today, uh, people were searching for something to fulfill their lives. You know, Jesus would talk to people who were pretty much like I was at a certain point in my life where they felt hopeless with the way they were living their, their, life, their life and um, – Uh, when we get to that point, we're looking for something that will bring us joy and fulfillment and that security. Um, And I think to me, that's what Jesus brings to our lives. And, you know, I think back to that moment in my life when I uh, felt fully broken and vulnerable and I didn't feel like I had any security. I didn't feel like I had any hope or joy. Um, And I imagine people trying to make it past that not having an understanding. At least I had grown up with an understanding of turning to God. If I didn't even have that understanding, um it it kinda it breaks my heart, but it also blows my mind how people can deal with that kind of hopelessness and yes. pain.
0: Well so I've got both you here, you both you're young parents, not not super young, but uh, we've known each other for 10 years, <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're growing older together. But uh, so you've got, you know, three kids in, in high school. Uh, the youngest one's in elementary. T- elementary. Uh, our last year of having one in each. Okay. So they're spread out, high school, elementary, junior high. So three kids, school, both of you working. Tell me, what's your advice to families today in the world? What what do you got? Any, any words of encouragement, hope, wisdom?
3: <laughs> I, uh, I would think Andrew would agree, but I know for me, um, even when I uh, went through my conversion experience and uh, became in the priesthood, uh, for one thing, going to Colburn and living in Independence, it's a little bit of a longer drive, right? Uh, and it, it, even at that point, when I was on fire for God. We weren't always the most diligent with being involved and being at church. Uh, Now, we made a point probably about four or five years ago to really work on that. And it wasn't so much uh, that we didn't enjoy when we had went. Uh, It's just easy to find, uh, to let the world get busy and to find excuses. And so we, together made it a priority. And it was one of those things where I felt like she uh, was holding me to that standard. And likewise, I think she felt like I was expecting that of her. And together, we kind of kept each other accountable. And we started attending Wednesday night with regularity and trying to go to Sunday nights with regularity and just trying to be there when the doors were open. And I think a lot of that was started just because we uh, had seen. I now I didn't grow up, but Andrea I'm sure has seen plenty of people, and I'd heard the stories that have grown up in the church and then would find themselves. Um, I don't want to say lured away, but but there's a lot of other uh, church organizations or activities and and things that draw our attention. And if we don't, if our children don't have that desire that's grounded in being a part of the church and being a part of that family, and they don't see that desire in us. Um, I find it hard for them to want to have that desire once they move out on their own. Mm -hmm. And so that was the catalyst for us doing it. And now as a family, there's just that expectation that on Wednesday night and Sunday night and Sunday morning that that's where we will be. And so much to the fact that uh, the last day of the fall musical is normally a pretty late night.
0: Yeah, and, Saturday uh, night. right? Yeah, we do a set mm-hmm. strike,
3: and then there. This year there was a cast party, and we got home and got in bed at like two in the morning. Woo. And so we had an expectation that day that we were going to um, sleep in, get breakfast, and we weren't going to go to church. But uh, my oldest Naomi got up, and she was like, "Why are we? What, what's what's going on? Why is everyone not getting going? We're going to be late for church." And that, of course, made me feel a little guilty. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's get ready. We're going to go to church. <laughs> and so I was really tired that day. But just like every time I've gone to church uh, afterwards, I was really glad that my daughter uh, was the catalyst for getting us
0: Oh my gosh! That day. <laughs> I feel so guilty because I know Weston was part of the teardown or something, but he wasn't out that late, anywhere near that late. And I was like, because oh, 'cause I'm like one of these I'm in bed every night at eight thirty. I mean like lights out, at eight thirty. Oh you're I, my get hero. Up early. I get But uh I was bummed that he, I was like, I don't know how are we gonna get up for church It's ten o'clock. But uh, no, I remember watching you guys you guys come that day. I was like, Wow, look at that <laughs> Well what about you, Andrew, you got anything to add to Well he was so well spoken, I don't know what to add to that. I, I
2: agree <laughs> that just having the kids mm-hmm. in church and just being a part of the camps and the activities and creating those bonds
1: mm-hmm.
2: connection connection with other peoples is other people, <coughs> other people is super important. Uh, just to create those hopefully lifelong friendships for one thing, but then ultimately we want them to just love Jesus, just to be affected by the ministry that they they hear and are part of the church.
0: You guys have prayer together in the homes.
3: Yeah, so I mean that was another thing that we started um, long before I'd say uh, uh, the Wednesday night thing, and and uh, it it was probably after my uh, bapti- baptism into the church. Uh, I made it a priority to just go in every night and say prayers with the kids. Um, I grew up, my parents would do that occasionally, or occasionally we'd have a group family prayer. Right. But, man, that's every night, just about now, and uh, we go in and we say prayers. And it's an opportunity for Andrew and I to be able to uh, to share with the kids our heartfelt concerns. And I think that if we pray and then the kids um, hopefully use that as an example, You know, they see us maybe considering others' needs and wants and desires, at least that's the way it's that's what it has become to me it's an opportunity for me to be able to and and i will say it ministers to me to hear their prayers and concerns for those outside of themselves and so that's a a nightly thing that we do awesome uh, and it's really um been actually a blessing to me at first it was a a chore an obligation or something we're going to do but now it's like a blessing you know as i Mm. as i have kids that are getting closer to leaving the house i enjoy it more and more so Yeah, you're going to, that'd be something you missed probably. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, But, you know, you were asking, Andrea, um, I think it's really important for the kids to have a testimony, uh, not only of us going to church or that this gospel is true to their parents, but my prayer that I tell the kids, my kids or my basketball kids, or on occasion when I get to, share at the school, uh, is I want every restoration kid to find a testimony of the truthfulness of this gospel. That is my desire more than anything. And not that, Mm. not that they go to any certain church, but a church that believes the book of Mormon and that teaches the book of Mormon and the restored gospel and the truthfulness of what Jesus has done, uh, with this restored gospel, because I think it's easy to get lured away and, um, and I just feel like the other faiths that do not use and read from the Book of Mormon are lacking something, and there there's an emptiness there, and I just have a different perspective, I guess, because of where I grew up, and it's easy for me to be excited and for this, but I want my kids to also continue to be excited, and I know that it will be a God thing. If that happens, they will have it. He will reveal a testimony in their lives and it will strengthen them. It's not going to be because of me, but, mm. but that's my prayer that I pray.
0: I know you've been active with the kids. One of my great joys in the past 10 years, I would say was, was taking that trip with you and Andrea with the kids when you were leading the youth group, you know, back to Ohio and uh, it was the first time I'd done anything like that in a long time. It was just great being around their exuberance and yeah. you know, their youthfulness. And
3: <laughs> Well, uh, that was awesome for us. Yeah. And they've told Andrea and I several times since then that um, uh, that was their favorite trip they've okay. taken. <laughs> they, they loved it. So I'm glad that you guys were a part of it. We loved having you. I will go anytime and drive
0: and, and <laughs> let you handle all of the responsibilities of ordering McDonald's for 20 kids <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> That was a good time. Well, I appreciate you guys coming by and sharing your love for the Lord and for each other and um, for what you're doing. Uh, it is a blessing to have friends who who see these things as important. And so this these little stories, stories of the saints, just so people know that there are people and families out there that are striving to do what they're doing and putting God first today and giving him um, – the proper place in their life. I think it's important for people to hear that. Not that, you know, we're lifting anybody up, but just to know that, you, you know, you're involved saying prayers with your kids every night. That is a witness. And you don't don't understand how important that is, I think, to others to know. Um, We need to know that we're doing that, you know, because we yeah. see all the bad things. We put each other down. I mean, not us, but, I mean, the church is, can be hard on itself, but to know that there are people out there really earnestly just seeking the Lord is... Stories that I want people to share. So thank you.
3: Well, thank you for doing it, Michael. I really feel like uh the work that you and Corey have put in and uh is a strength and a testimony and um and of course all the other stories that you've had uh on here sharing, man, that is such a testimony and a strength to me. And that's one of the awesome things that I love about the restoration is Wednesday night when people share their testimonies. That was so foreign and new to me. Mm. And then in a podcast setting like this, that's just, uh, yeah. that's wonderful. Thank you, Michael. Yeah.
0: Andrea, I'm going to try to talk her into singing one more. Joseph, give her those puppy dog eyes. Ask her. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Would you share another song with us? Sure. All right. All right. Let's get you set up here. What's this one called? All right, let's let's give it a try. Let's try it again. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: of heaven in this room today close your Holy Kingdom It doesn't feel so far away
0: of you joseph thank you andrea keep doing what you're doing keep the songs coming all right